that's just something I wanted to share because of uh, what uh, an interview with Dimolo. Uh, I was about three days ago just freaking because I, it's as if I'd never learned to meditate ever before, and I could not keep my mind from just racing everywhere, and, and I, I had no idea what was going on, and, and Vimolo said, well, maybe you're just getting too much sleep. I mean, just something that simple mm-hmm. having to do with chemistry, and so I cut down on the sleeping and on the eating, and, and the problem disappeared. Maybe it was auto-suggestion. Maybe Vimolo hypnotized you. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be something very simple. I mean, yeah. that, I, I have problems with that yeah. Yeah. Have you gone into that, Roger? No. You know, just in order to. Have I had enough sleep? Why is this? If you put a verbal question, sometimes putting in words, why am I so sleepy? And then sit still and listen. Oh, in your case, maybe sleeping too little. During the course of the day, it just seems that there's just not enough um, um, inquiry going on. Yeah. It's not, it's not burning, and it's, it, it just it feels too too much on the surface. Is there something being resisted in life? Something that wants to come through into consciousness that's being resisted that wants to be looked at. But it would be unpleasant, or some, because that often is very, tar- very tiring. Uh, in other words, the the, inqu- the investigation might start with a simple question: Is am I getting enough sleep, or too much, or not enough, etc.? But sometimes it goes into the emotional realm, where you eliminate. You know, you've not overeating, you've had plenty of sleep, you've had exercise, etc. And yet you're still tired. In other words, you shouldn't be tired, in quotes, but you are. And what that could point to is some whole emotional... Uh, yeah, which... That's right, and it's taking a lot of energy to hold it down. I say this... Um, there's a very rich literature in the psychoanalytic literature about the relationship between, let's say, sleep and fear. Boredom and fear. I mean, I don't know what it is, but... you that might be a fruitful direction to go into. I think we have time for one last uh, statement or question. Sure. I'm finding that uh, I spend so much time thinking about how others feel about me that it, it makes it hard to give, to really give. Instead, it's a matter of um, social conventions and letting those things take the place of saying, well, what really would benefit me and benefit the other person? Instead, I just slip into, well, she's first in line or I have to go to the meditation center, so I'll leave the dirty dishes behind. At first, I didn't even think about it. And then as the days went on, I, I started going, how, how, you know, what do, what do I do? And finally, I said, well, I have to do something that will, you know, be a, a compromise for both, and leave some of my. Uh, and if that means, like, I have a, a note to go wash the dishes, 
And if that means saying I'm not uh, able to keep that in my head and I thought that's something like I should be able to think about or something. And that's, uh, so I'm finding that that's really something that through my life has probably. Okay, are you learning about that here? Can you give me a, let's say, an, uh, has anything like that come up, let's say, in the last sitting? In other words, what might be helpful is to make it really concrete. In other words, what to do with it when it comes up. Well, See, because you're talking about something that's not here, right? This is all, a lot of it sounds like it has to do with people not at the center, an action that was before you came here. Right, but while I'm at the center doing things, right. it occurs to me that these happens in my life over and over again. Right. And I, I don't know how the sitting would relate to it exactly. Okay, it's more... Um, it comes up, and you've had, you've, is it a new seeing into yourself, or is it something you've already known? I think I've known about it, but haven't really, but haven't really felt it was important before. It just seemed to, it just seemed easy to to think about it at one point and then just ignore it. Okay. And now it seems to bother me more when I think about it and when I find it out it seems to be a real concern okay so that I want to make sure I understand you that is are you finding out that this uh, going along with convention is very costly to you or is being in a sense pushed around by convention is very costly to you well yeah sure okay Uh, in a sense meditation is an ongoing revolution no matter what culture it, it, it comes up in, no matter what time, even if we're in a very stable society, because what each person is doing is looking at their form of conditioning. It's not that America is so awful or you know, the modern world is so awful. It may be. But even if you grew up in a harmonious society, to be free, you have to be free of how you've been conditioned. Otherwise, the behavior is on the level of it's mechanical. And that's why it's a very silent bloodless, ongoing revolution. Because what you're trying to do is to free yourself from the way in which you've been processed to be a full-fledged social member of this society. And yet, it doesn't mean to become a misfit. And step number one is seeing our predicament. The predicament that certain of these uh, conventions have been drilled into us and they kind of push us around. And it's costly emotionally and it... uh, uh, damages the quality of life. And so when it comes up in the sitting, I don't think the instructions are any different than anything else. You just really feel it. I think that's why he someone asked about the breath, what that means to him. And to me, um, because I'm struggling with, with that so much, I think that's the idea of control and it's, it's something that you are in partial control of or you can be. Mm-hmm. And so here, on the one hand, there's letting go and there's holding back. And ah. that's... Okay. Uh, here, I think it's very important to... Uh, I have to understand what you mean by letting go because um, that term is used a lot now and often what I have found it 
there's a subtle uh, way in which it's used where people are really saying throw away, which is active and doing. To me, letting go would be letting be. You know, in other words, if you could, if you really let let it be, let your resentment or your uh, whatever it is about what's happened, let it fully be be there, and bring awareness to it. That's it. it's on the way out. In other words, it's burned up in awareness. But it's not. Otherwise, it has a little bit of you know. Well, I know I'm not supposed to do this, so it's, I'm letting it go. I'm you know. But it's not. It's throwing it away, and that's that's. Uh, it'll come back. It's it's a a form of control. We're not controlling these things. We're letting them. We're letting go of them. We're letting them drop away. In fact, it seems that a large part of this intelligence that uh, we're talking about tonight has to do with learning to see what we can allow to drop away. It seems like so much of what we're doing is not necessary for us. But we, we let it drop away, not because some expert told us, but because we can really see. You know, it's, it's as um, immediate as putting your finger in fire and getting burned. So you don't do that anymore. You sit crooked and you see you have much less energy, etc. So then you sit straight and you see the sitting is a little bit different. So some learning goes on. Anything else about that? Well, I find that um, when I try to bring awareness to the breath, the, my other organs go into battle, it seems like, so that at the moment that I know where my breath is or feel it, then my heart starts going. Mm-hmm. And then my digestive tract starts going. So it's kind of, it's so something or some somewhere... Um, fear, I think, which is big mm-hmm. part of my life, is mm-hmm. just encompassing me. And at some points, I can just say, or just you know, say, let everything do what it wants to do, and I'll just, I'll just take it or whatever. But at other times, it just starts going faster and faster, and I say, Oh no, no, <laughs> okay. Uh, this uh, practice is so ruthless. There's really no escape. If you see your mind escaping from the breath because of the fear, seeing that is not a waste of time. In other words, seeing the escape route is part of meditation. It's not that you have to rivet yourself to the fear. You know, sweat pouring down. It's not, you don't, in other words, it's moving, seeing the way of the mind. So you're learning that the fear comes, something frightening comes up and your mind doesn't want to look at it. That's step number one in learning how to look at it. Do you see what, I, what I'm getting at? Yes, I do, but still I feel that when I'm in that situation, if I don't absolutely face it at that point or at that moment, that's the last chance. And, you know. True, for that particular occurrence. Okay, but we have to work appropriately. You know, and it's really... it's. Um, Perhaps more and more possible that you'll be able to do that. Um, see if I give you a sense of what I mean by appropriate. 
if you are being overwhelmed by the fear and getting lost in it, then you might have to do some other kinds of work. In other words, not try to tackle it directly all at once. It would be good to face it. It's like Krishnamurti's example. Or is if, if, but, is that, but is that right for you right now? And so sometimes, if you're being overrun by it, you kind of retreat. I don't mean this as weakness, but it's necessary. And maybe you go out and you do some walking. Now, in one sense, that's avoidance of it. But you have to work artfully. You know, if you're finding uh, that it's too much, that it's overwhelming, then perhaps you have to do something else. But you're still practicing awareness. And then little by little, the day comes because in practicing awareness, even on something other than fear, that quality is getting strengthened. And then it becomes easier to meet the fear when it comes up with a with awareness which is now a little bit stronger. So that some, we have to approach certain things gradually. And as we get stronger, I think by and large, we're allowed to see what we can see. In other words, most people don't get into over their heads. If you do, then there's something off, maybe uh, a lot of ambition or, what, or you shouldn't be on a retreat or something of that sort. What actually have you done? Let's say the fear comes up, and then what do you do? You know, and you feel you can't handle it. What do you do? Sometimes I'll go to my room, and uh, today I'm today I said I I don't want the uh, I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed by um, being around all these people and being struggling. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to my room and. I I meditated on the the rain rather than on my breath right. because that was just when I, I I had said this I can't do when I got my breath and it was it was making me want to give up mm-hmm. and then I said but I don't really want to give up so maybe I can meditate on something I'm interested in yes. or wondering so I um, meditated on the rain and. Yeah. yeah, I think you handle that beautifully. I, uh, I'll end with this anecdote. I have a friend who, when he went to India, wanted very much to meditate, doing sitting meditation, extremely sincere, very dedicated, but had never done it. And he found he couldn't sit. It was disillusioning, it was humiliating. He went to all these teachers and he uh, had a very hard time physically and emotionally. And he went to one teacher and said, okay, so you can't sit right now. So just do an enormous amount of walking meditation. He would walk for hours. And little by little, his attention developed and he was able to sit a little bit longer. He couldn't sit for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and he wanted it very much. It wasn't that he was casual. And little by little, it developed. He's now a Zen monk. He sits about 10, 12 hours a day. So watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have a moment of silence?